show on the road i think we're each going to talk about three movies today can i treat nymphomaniac one and two as one movie yeah okay yeah volume one and two does that kill bill so one and mm-hmm. two volumes of the same movie counts as one okay have you heard of a film called kill bill volume one and or volume two yeah i just thought those are more standalone movies than nymphomaniac volume one and two no mm, two is a continuation of one yeah. yeah and the release dates are pretty similar too also it works out a lot better if you put the microphone by your f- face i didn't know we were recording <laughs> are we recording <laughs> uh, trying to okay <laughs> i'm in they're well, doing it they're it, doing it <laughs> maybe we'll cut it out we'll see <laughs> But yeah, I think we'll each talk about three movies, though Brett and I have going to talk about the same one. Talking yeah. about the same one? Mm-hmm. Did you watch it together? No. Hmm. I pretended like he was there next to me. <laughs> <laughs> have him on the Skype. I watched it blindfolded, so I didn't even see it. Hi-oh! <laughs> oh. He's a true fan. <laughs> Spoiler to what we're going to review. Did you read the book? <laughs> no. I paged through it with a blindfold on. <laughs> Skimmed it. I'm guessing it doesn't uh, doesn't translate as well as uh, the, on the written page as it does. It's more of a visual story. Or like Sandra Bullock does as she's still looking through the blindfold, like that's trying was, to see certain things. That's <laughs> what I was thinking. That's an awfully thin blindfold. <laughs> Have you said what movie you're talking about? No. Everyone knows about it, no, Jason. Except me. You're behind on the times. I always am. 45 like million Netflix subscribers Jeez. watched it the first week. You're worse than Kim Kardashian mm. tweeting about it. Oh, see the meme. Oh. Came out. Is it Bird Box? Yes. Aha. See, I've heard of it. <laughs> it's on my list. My Netflix list. It's, a pretty, it's not what I expected. I thought it was going to be something a little more risque with a name mm. like Bird Box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it started. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is... Children of all ages. <laughs> WTM, watch this movie. I am Eric Mulder. So he says, wrecked him, damn near killed him. Joining me today, going clockwise, is Mr. Positivity. How are you doing? What, what? Well, anybody that knows anything knows that. Got a new clip. Yeah. He says it a lot quieter than I thought he did. <laughs> yeah. I was like, mm, I'm going to have to really pump up this volume Maybe. here. Maybe we'll change it for the next one. Maybe we'll go with the uh, Holly G. <laughs> well, as it stands, Benicio is your current Check clip holder. <laughs> Might switch it to that one. Ah. Have right. you seen Holly G in the house? I've seen some Holly G stuff. I don't know about that one. The movie Holly G in the house. I don't think so. He runs for parliament to save the community center in West Sands. Does not sound familiar. Sorry. Uh-huh. I know of it. I haven't seen it, though. He goes on a hunger strike mm. and chains himself to the fence outside of the parliament building. And some <laughs> bullies start teasing him with KFC chicken dippers. Oh. And he just he can't, he can't take it after about 10 seconds. Well, who could? <laughs> Another voice you hear is Jason Neeling. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. Thank you for asking. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) This is another recently seen episode. I mean, Brett and I both saw Bird Box. We had to get this episode out to the people. 
It's all the rage these days. That good, huh? So it's hot in the world. Well, apparently you've seen the memes everywhere. Everyone's going nuts for Bird Box. Hmm. I heard you had to watch it to get the memes. <laughs> but you no, do you don't. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to watch it to understand memes about somebody wearing a blindfold, you're stupid. <laughs> um, I think we'll go clockwise and... Uh, here, I, I guess I, I can't forget the clip now. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Well, to answer your question, Anthony Hopkins, Brett and I both saw Bird Box. Sure did. It's currently on Netflix. Netflix as, original. As I said, it's been quite the popular film over the past couple of weeks. Uh, so, this was technically released in 2018, right in the... Pretty much the last week of December, I believe. Or maybe it was the 21st. Yeah, we're late to the game. Either way, end of December. Directed by Suzanne Beyer. Bear, B-I-E-R. I think that's a Beyer. I think so. Starring Sandra Bullock, Trevante Rhodes, John Malkovich, Sarah Paulson, Jackie Weaver, Rosa Salazar, Danielle McDonald. Laurel Howery, Tom Hollander, Machine Gun Kelly, B.D. Wong, Pruitt Taylor Vince, Vivian Lyra Blair, and Julian Edwards. Storyline, five years after an ominous unseen presence drives most of society to suicide, a mother and her two children make a desperate bid to reach safety. So, this was all the rage over the past few weeks. Yeah. And there's been a lot of debates online. Rotten Tomatoes has one. You know, Bird Box, is it, is it a mess or is it a masterpiece? That type of thing. Because people can't really agree if it's really good or really bad. I wouldn't take it to either extreme. But yeah, neither I, it would was, I. It was definitely better than what I thought it was going to be. See, I thought it was better than what I expected. I think you and I came to the same point on it, but from different aspects. Because I was here and I saw the memes forever. I kept on hearing about it. Bird Box, Bird Box. 45 million people watched it the first yeah. week. I was like, ah, oh, this movie must be fucking amazing. It was like the number one movie on Netflix ever yeah. for viewership, at least for Netflix original. I was like, I better watch this, this masterpiece of modern cinema. They advertised the shit out of it, too, yeah. leading up to the release, which is something that I don't remember seeing for Netflix movies in the past. Where... Did they just advertise on Netflix, or did you see no, stuff on TV, other places? Like during oh. uh, during the NFL and stuff like that. Hmm. Yeah, I'd seen some ads for it, uh, but it didn't. It wasn't as jarring to me. I guess I didn't see as many. I mean, I knew it was coming up, but yeah, you know, some of the the other Netflix films they've generally released for a couple of weeks in theaters to try and get awards consideration, like for Roma, or some of their other films, like Buster Scruggs as well. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, if you will. And this one, I don't believe, was released in theaters anywhere. I don't think so. I just, uh, IMDb has the December 21st as the release date. Yeah. And I believe that was direct to Netflix. Mm-hmm. So I watched it, and it was not the masterpiece I thought I was getting into, but I still enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was kind of similar to Quiet Place, just not quite as good. Yeah, I haven't seen the. Uh, a quiet place yet it kind of reminded me of that and the happening like mm-hmm. going into it i thought it would be like kind of a combination of that and it kind of is but whereas the happening's kind of goofy and you know just stupid this one is pretty serious and never kind of becomes a joke of itself yeah i thought you were gonna hate it and you said to yourself you kind of had low expectations for it yeah but i didn't exceeded those correct yeah for sure I, it was it was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be, like I said, kind of like a movie where, you know, there's going to be stuff in it that's going to be goofy and it's going to come off as kind of hacky. And I thought they did a good, a, a good job of keeping it, like, suspenseful. Although it's not, the ma- like you said, the masterpiece that some people are making it out to be. But mm-hmm. it's serious enough and it's done well enough that it was enjoyable the whole way through. For the reason why they want you to enjoy it. Yeah. For those of you kind of out of the loop, 
Um, you heard me read the storyline, but kind of the stigma about this movie is uh, if you go outside of your house, you have to wear a blindfold. Or if you don't, uh, you're gonna. If you see something, it'll make you kill yourself. Basically, yeah. It's kind of the concept of the movie, and like the way they they show it, like they don't actually visually show what people see that's causing them to kill themselves. It's supposed to be like your worst fears. Yeah, like the only like the only thing that they kind of hint at is one character. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but they're mentally ill characters who can see the, the whatever is out there and they're not affected by it but they try to get other people to see it and there's one of those characters who has a bunch of drawings of the the creature or whatever it is mm-hmm. um but it's not it's never like clearly shown or shown at all in real life so it's depicted as like a wind and then there's audio yeah. cues um and, and apparently those you can resist but if you look at it you can't i did see a model for one uh they did actually have i think i read they that shot they, a scene they, or yeah, they were they going to shoot scene. a scene yeah. and what it was modeled off of i think sandra bullock's fear which kind of gets into a spoiler territory so I'll just say that I saw that picture, but it, you could tell that it was going to be personalized for each person mm-hmm. for what they saw. So, yeah, I read that they they filmed it and then everybody was laughing at it. So they're like, "No, we probably shouldn't put that in there." <laughs> Sounds like a good decision. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the strongest part of it is, I mean, the first twenty minutes or so are pretty intense it's pretty exciting stuff right uh but the cast is what i, what I found most enjoyable because I, I haven't seen john malkovich in anything in forever and i like him quite a bit and he was great in here i thought and the sporting i mean sandra bullock is great but you know you got up-and-comers trevante Rhodes, right little rel uh that danielle mcdonald a lot mm. of young up-and-coming actors that do very well i thought there were a lot of actors that I'd recognize from other TV shows and stuff like that too. Yeah, um, like that older character is on a few TV shows. She was on. Um, she played Rosalie on uh, Blunt Talk, which was Patrick Stewart's show on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Or was it? Star- I think it's on Stars actually. Mm. Um, and I think she was on maybe a couple other shows too. But and then MGK, I didn't realize he was in there until I got in to watching it. Yeah. So that was, he did a pretty good job for not having a lot of acting experience. But Yeah, I wasn't even familiar with Machine Gun Kelly. Because you mentioned I was like, who? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guy with the tattoos. Well, okay. He, yeah, well, he he beefed with Eminem last year. Yeah, well, when's the last time some, Eminem did something noteworthy? Well, he put out a new album last year and then... Uh, yeah, I said something noteworthy. Because he called out a bunch of people, and MGK made a diss track about how old and bitter he is, even uh-huh. though everybody loves him. I mean, I I love Eminem, but I guess I haven't given a shit about his music for about the past eight years or so. I th- I think that's what most of his new material was about. Hmm. Was about how nobody gives a shit about his. Uh, and he's he's mad about people talking about it on the internet. <laughs> Ooh, well, at least he's self-aware. <laughs> he's mad about it. Let's hope he doesn't listen to WTM, huh? Let's hope he does, man. Let's get <laughs> some celebrities listening. All right, I think uh, are we going to give this a joint eventually? I agree with eventually. All right, says do I? Eventually. Watch this movie eventually. For the rating system, again, that is the middle rating. The highest is ASAP, goes down to soonish, then eventually, then last resort to never. Yep. So if we give a movie eventually or higher, we recommend that you see it and that you see it in theaters, even if we say eventually. Well, movies are, I know, the Bird Box is not <laughs> in the theater, but movies are best enjoyed in the cinema. So. It's worth your time. Yeah, let's go to Jason. What have you seen recently? Well, I'm actually conflicted now because I just realized that Bandersnatch is a film, I suppose. Yeah. I kind of thought of it as a 
TV show because it's a Black Mirror thing, but I guess people are calling it a film. So yeah, we'll talk, talk about, about that, that one. Pretty original. So, 2018 Black Mirror colon Bandersnatch, directed by David Slade, written by Charlie Brooker, who's written I think all all of Black Mirror. Uh, for the cast, we have Fionn Whitehead, Craig Parkinson, Alice Lowe, Asim Chaudhry, Will Poulter, Tallulah Haddon. Those are kind of the main characters, I suppose. Um, let's see if we got a synopsis here. In 1984, a young programmer begins to question reality as he works to adapt a fantasy novel into a video game. So neither of you have seen this, right? Right. Nope. Uh, so this is a Netflix original. As I mentioned, it is kind of connected to the Black Mirror television series, which is now put out by Netflix. I didn't come into this with no expectations because I'm a huge fan of Black Mirror, and it has a very specific like subject matter, mm-hmm. I guess. And... To be honest, I was a bit disappointed with Bandersnatch. And I think it's just because of those expectations. Because, I mean, if you were just to watch this without knowing anything about Black Mirror, you'd probably like it a lot. And I did like it a lot. But I didn't feel like it was Black Mirror. Like, it doesn't cover the same kind of stuff as the TV show does. So I would say if Bandersnatch is your first experience with Black Mirror... Go watch the show because I think the show is way better. Mm-hmm. It's basically it's one of my favorite, maybe my favorite show of all time. Um, but so I guess I should mention the the big thing about this film is that it's kind of the first interactive movie, I don't know, ever. <laughs> like it's kind of a new new thing that Netflix is experimenting with apparently. And I've heard that they were looking into some other similar projects. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't see how it would have worked anywhere else. You know, in the right. cinema, you, obviously you can't change anything. Right, right. So it would have to be a streaming platform. So mm-hmm. Netflix probably is the pioneer here. Yeah. And it is, I mean, it's an interesting idea. Um, and, you know, they executed it really well. Like, I heard they have they had different... Uh, slightly different versions made for different platforms. So if you're watching it on your computer, you can you can use your mouse to choose uh, different options. And if you have like a Roku, you can use the buttons on there to control it. So basically, it's it's a choose your own adventure sort of thing. There there are points in the movie where you have to make a decision and kind of tell the main character what to do. And uh, I don't know, it, it's cool. I like the idea. I like how they executed it. It felt a little gimmicky just because, like, I feel like that is kind of what they put in uh, to replace the other Black Mirror stuff that is missing, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Because, I mean, the show Black Mirror is kind of about technology and the future of technology and how the technology that we have now or that's being developed right now can be really dangerous if we're not really careful with how it's you know introduced to the world and society, and in this movie, there's kind of n- none of that. You just have this other element where you have the choose your own adventure thing. Maybe you chose the wrong path, perhaps. <laughs> but th- so the other thing that I don't know kind of always bugged me with the choose your own adventure books too, like novels, is. I want to know everything, you know? I want to read everything there is to read. I want to see everything there is to see. But to do that, you have to keep going through it again and again, and it gets repetitive, and it's like, how much time do I really want to spend on this, you know? But uh, since I'm such a big Black Mirror fan, my opinion is biased. And I still have to say, it is a good movie. It is worth watching. Maybe it's worth watching, you know, two or three times if you have the patience and I mean, it does fast forward kind of through stuff that you've already seen if you end up looping back to a different part of the story or whatever. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, so overall, I'm going to say give it a, give it a soonish. Soonish? Ooh. But I'm going to give wow. the rest of the Black Mirror TV show an ASAP. Soonish. Well, that 
It's not valid on this show. I know, I know. (laughs) But I said it anyway. Strike it from the record. Yeah, I mean, it's worth watching just for the novelty of it, you know? Yeah. Something new, and it's entertaining. It doesn't, I mean, it keeps you engaged, for sure. All right. Well, from a pretty highly rated Soonish film, I'm going to follow it up with a real stinker. I saw Holmes and Watson. That's ah. Yeah. Ah. That's ah. Mm. Ah. Ah. That's ah. Ah. <laughs> Apparently Benicio <laughs> d- agrees with me. Um, so this is from 2018, just came out a few weeks ago, and it's already been forgotten by pretty much everyone. Directed by uh, Eaton Cohen. What is the name of this movie? Holmes and Watson. Oh, right, right, right. You just said that, yeah. Ethan? Yeah. <laughs> I forget. Is this guy's name Ethan Cohen? E-T-A-N? There's no H. I thought it was Ethan. Oh, wasn't it? Maybe it's a typo. IMDB doesn't have <laughs> typos or misinformation? You don't think? Maybe maybe you spelled it wrong on purpose. This is the gold standard so it for show knowledge. Up on his IMDb. Well, he wrote it too, didn't he? Yeah. And one other person. Oh, <laughs> they just give story credit to Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's weird. They do have it as uh, E-T-A-N on his uh, personal Eaton? page. Ethan? Yeah, I don't know. So starring Will Ferrell as Sherlock Holmes, John C. Riley as Dr. Watson, Ref Fiennes is in here, Laura Lapkus, Kelly McDonald, Rebecca Hall, Steve Coogan, and if I give more names, then pretty much gets into spoiler territory for cameos, but, you know, there's a wrestling cameo, you know, right, right, Brett? Yeah, Braun Strowman. Adam Schur is his real name? Sure. Is it? <laughs> sure. And I'm sure? <laughs> sure. S-C-H-E-R-R. I think so. That's what I see on here. I uh, heard he played a character named Braun. <laughs> big did. stretch for him. <laughs> uh, Storyline, a humorous take on Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's classic mysteries featuring Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson. This is why public domain is so dreaded by <laughs> creators. Yeah, um, you know, I didn't see a lot of the trailers, but the ones I did see didn't look too good. But you know, you got to think. Well, it's Will Ferrell and John C. Riley getting back together. They have so much chemistry and stepbrothers and uh-huh. Talladega Knights. You know, how can this? How can this fail? It's too big to fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did on all accounts. I don't think that. It was because, you know, Will Ferrell or John C. Riley were getting lazy or anything like that. I just think it was kind of a shitty script of bad jokes. And you know, I think they tried, but it did not work at all. I think I saw it on technically opening day, you know? I think it came out Christmas. Okay, so pretty early on its release. Um, theater was pretty full, but it was not full of laughs. And I I felt myself trying to, like, force myself to laugh some of the time. There was a few gags in there that I did genuinely laugh, but they were few and far in between. It was, like, a 90-minute runtime on this movie. It felt much longer. And, oof, I will not be watching that movie again. Uh, This is kind of a hard rating for me. kind of want to say never, but it's also like, well, I think John C. Riley and Will Ferrell kind of set the bar pretty high for their work yeah so everyone's kind of judging this movie on their past work where if this just came out i'm like well this is just a bad movie maybe just a last resort you know some people will like it but i i'm having trouble thinking or finding or thinking about people that would really like this movie i mean it's eight percent around tomatoes i think a 28 percent audience score which is pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, fuck it, I'll do it. I'm going to give it a never. Wow. Never! Don't need to see it. I won't. It looked pretty silly. Not in a good way. You know, if people like watching bad movies, you know, that's what the Never List is for. 
you'll find bad movies on there. Of <laughs> course, yeah. this is I don't probably know if, not one that people want to watch. I don't know if the Neverlist is ones that people want to watch, though. Well, some of them, if they're so like cheesy bad, like we have a couple of those movies that are fun to watch because they're so bad, maybe in the last resort or eventually category. Right. But I don't know. You could still find some really terrible movies that maybe you'll have fun with in the Never section, but you have to be into those types of movies. Right. Or for, you have for your to, entertainment. You have to make your own fun. Yeah. <laughs> while watching those. Well, now I'm curious. Do we have a rating for The Room? Because that's a terrible movie, but it's still um, fun to watch. I don't believe I've rated it mm. on there. I've seen it a couple of times. I probably that's another one. Like that what do you weird. what do you even rate like, that? Like for example, uh Sleepaway Camp, I gave an eventually to. Mm. Now yeah. that is a terrible movie with an incredible ending. Right. But the rest of the cheese of like the eighties factor kind of makes it enjoyable as well. So it's mm. Right. It's it's a bad movie, but it's a hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Maybe that one just gets in eventually because of the ending is lots so of, good. Lots of Daisy Dukes <laughs> on those young boys. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's not where I was expecting that sentence to go. <laughs> <laughs> There's young boys and they're wearing uh, crop tops and muscle shirts. People just lifting weights outside. Back, back in the 80s, it was manly to wear belly shirts and Daisy Dukes. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that's that's the way to do it. But uh, yeah, Holmes and Watson, just a big stinker. All right. Uh, my next movie is from 2018, and it's called Super Troopers 2. It's uh, directed by Jay Chandra Sikar, something like that. Chandra uh, Chandra Sikar. Sh- sure. Uh, let's see. These are all on. Order of appearance, uh, starring Steve Lemmy, Eric Stolhansky, Jay, the directed it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Paul Soder, Kevin Heffernan, Brian Cox, Marissa Coughlin. So they get the whole cast from the original movie, uh, along with Linda Carter, Rob Lowe, Hayes MacArthur, Tyler Labine, Will Sasso. Uh, Emmanuel Triqui? Uh, I don't know, something like that. Uh, that's about it. Synopsis is when a border dispute arises between the U.S. and Canada, the super troopers are tasked with establishing a highway patrol station in the disputed area. I like this better than the original. I thought it was hilarious. Hmm. Uh, wow. So yeah, I think uh, Mulder, you you might have talked about you've talked about this in the past, yeah, right? So. I liked it not near as much as the original, but I did enjoy it and thought they they definitely didn't you know go through the motions. I thought they really put their right. put forth a good effort. And there's a, there's a lot of uh, things that kind of call back to the first movie. A lot of the same scenarios they get into with the uh, yep. smuggling and fighting with the local cops and things like that. Um, not nearly as many, I guess there are a lot of shenanigans they get into, but it's a different scenario. Mm. Um, so I personally thought that the, the Canadian Mounties were funnier than the local cops in the first movie. I don't know. We live in Minnesota, so we're kind of Canada adjacent up here. So, yeah. uh, speaking of Minnesota, you know, Eric Stolhansky. I've heard. From Minnesota. I've heard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, still the nicest customer I've ever had at the theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't say. I do say. Is that a rabbit? Yeah, it's yeah. Rabbit. right. Mm-hmm. He has a prosthetic leg, right? Um, no, I don't know, actually. I don't know. If he did, they uh, CGI'd it pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Because you see a lot of him. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he is the Eric that was in uh, the P90X videos you guys familiar with p90x workout thing i've heard of it he was he was in it he was one of the you sure about that workout guys i will look it up <laughs> what's his name eric stolhansky stolhansky s-t-o-l-h-a-n-s-k-e yep he was born without a fibula has a prosthetic leg and was in p90x no shit 
True. You learn something every day. Here's a fun fact. <laughs> so fun anyway, fact in a recently yeah, seen episode. That's a rarity. But like I said, I, I thought the Canadian uh, Mounties are hilarious. Um, all the interactions with them. And then just making fun of the, the differences between Canadians and Americans and mm-hmm. their accents and things like that and uh, the cultures. I thought that was that was great. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you hear what he said? He said, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, I, I always I always liked the original, but I thought it was a little bit overrated. You know, people say it's it's just amazing and hilarious, and it's it's really funny, but I never thought it was, like, the greatest thing ever. But I did think this one was funnier, so I'll still give it an eventually, though, All for right. Super Troopers 2. Eventually. I believe that's what I gave it. It's on the HBO right now. On the HBOs? Mm-hmm. That's right. That was, wasn't it the new movie this past weekend? Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, what else you got, Jaybird? All right, next one I'm going to talk about Antichrist from 2009. Uh, directed and written by Lars von Trier. Uh, only three actors in this movie, and one of them was a baby. You got Willem Dafoe, Charlotte Gainsbourg, and wow, that's quite a name. Storm Hashesh Salstrom. Hmm. He's the baby, <laughs> in case you weren't <laughs> sure. Uh, let's see. The synopsis. Well, if Gary Oldman can play a little person at tiptoes, <laughs> I think Willem Dafoe can play a baby. <laughs> I, I would watch. <laughs> I would definitely watch that. That's a big-ass baby. <laughs> uh, so a grieving couple retreat to their cabin in the woods, hoping to repair their broken hearts and troubled marriage. But nature takes its course and things go from bad to worse. That is an understatement. <laughs> so this, I believe, is my first Lars von Trier movie. Eric introduced me to him as a director. I didn't know you knew him personally. <laughs> oh, sure. Just got him on the <laughs> speed he, dial. Yeah, his mm-hmm. name is Larry in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> call, him, call him Larry. Text mm-hmm. him up. Sup, Larry. What you getting into? <laughs> Nothing like having a nickname that's longer than your real name. I, I never see him in real life because he's deathly afraid of airplanes and whatnot, and traveling in general. So he just mm-hmm. stays around Denmark and Scandinavia. Mm. So he has a lot of movies that are set in the U.S., but all the actors have to fly over there. <laughs> like his newest one is set in the U.S., but if you watch, you're like, why are all these weird Euro-looking vehicles in here <laughs> why is all the scenery look nothing like this right and all the all the homes and the architecture there like this is not america <laughs> that doesn't look like california <laughs> so this movie continue? I'll, I'll continue <laughs> you looked unsure this is well i wasn't sure if you guys are done <laughs> this movie is uh, a challenging watch i would say um so, in, in case you're not familiar with Lars von Trier's style, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, it's extreme in, in, in many senses of that word. Uh, very graphic. You wouldn't see something like this anywhere <laughs> unless you, like, went and sought it out. So, Lars strikes me as somewhat similar to David Lynch in the sense that they seem to like to go with whatever they're feeling Mm -hmm. and not worry too much about like logic or creating a, you know, a tidy little story tied up with a bow. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, oh, this really resonates with me. It just came into my head. I don't know where it came from. I don't know what it means. I'm just going to put it in the movie. Very much an art house director. Very much so. And, Especially at, at the beginning of this movie, it reminded me of, uh, I think there was a Family Guy joke where they're making fun of like the really artsy kind of stuff where it's, you know, black and white, everything's in slow motion, <laughs> and like there's, you know, really somber music. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because that basically is the beginning of this movie. You got like an opera or something as the score, and then it's black and white, everything's slow, it's just... 
The camera's jumping around to different stuff happening in slow motion. Yeah. Uh, very graphic things happening in slow motion. Yes, very graphic things. Um, that's that's just the beginning. There there are a couple other parts that kind of gave me that too, where it's like, really, like, is this trying to make fun of, you know, these artsy, artsy kind of movies, or is it actually being, you know, sincere, embracing the tropes, so yeah. to say? What did you think? Was he poking fun at that, or was he being totally? Uh, Ernest. Uh, I would say he's being earnest, but you can still do that a little tongue in cheek. Yeah. I mean, especially later in his filmography and with his newest film, he references his past films and he references critics opinions of them. Yeah. And so it's kind of like he, he's very self-aware. Mm hmm at least with his own work. And I think that, I don't know, he makes no apologies. He's just kind of like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Either like it or you don't. I don't give a shit if you do or don't. Yeah, I was just going to say. I want a reaction out of you. Yeah, I agree with that. It, you get the feeling that he just doesn't, he doesn't care what like anybody thinks about it. He's making it kind of just for himself, you know. He's just pulling out a piece of himself putting it in a movie and be like, there it is. I'm unleashing this <laughs> into the world, you know? And his, uh, uh, his fellow countryman, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn, who's the, they're both uh, from Denmark, so they're both Danish. Uh, in an interview, uh, Refn had talked about how, you know, his movies, especially recently, are also very divisive. Hmm. And he talked about how, you know, he doesn't really give a shit if you like it or not. He wants a reaction out of you. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yeah. Must give you a reaction in the theater. So they seem to be kind of similar in that regard. Sure. Yeah, and I can totally respect that. You know, that's I mean, that element of David Lynch's movies is what drew me to him is you know, I don't I don't always know exactly what's going on, but I'm definitely reacting to it. Like it's making me feel something. And uh, you know, just an interesting mood, something you don't usually get to experience i mean this is definitely if there's one thing you can say about this movie it's unlike anything i've ever seen before and that's probably true of anyone listening to this like if you go watch this movie it'll be something new at the very least <laughs> <laughs> you might want to you know rip your own eyes out but <laughs> yeah i wouldn't watch it again no. i'll say that while i was watching this I was kind of, I was trying to analyze it because it, you know, usually in film, if something is on screen, it's there for a reason. Like everything means something. You're supposed to be getting something from a scene. And I kept thinking, I'm trying to piece this together. Like, okay, there's, there's this stuff happening. It must symbolize something, but it doesn't seem <laughs> like uh, everything this movie does actually symbolize anything. I actually just watched an interview with Lars about this movie before we started recording. And, I mean, he basically says, I didn't put this together thinking about logic. You know, I didn't want, I didn't care really about creating a cohesive story. There was even a quote where he says something like, asking me what this movie means is like asking a chicken about chicken soup. <laughs> you know, I just... I have these ideas and I put them on film and yeah, I definitely got the impression that he didn't really care what anybody thought. He just wanted, like it was almost more like a, th like therapy for him than trying to create a film for other people to enjoy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so anyway, to wrap it up, I'm going to give this a last resort. Okay. There's something there, but, uh, you know whether whether or not you want to see that thing is is up to you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a last resort. So I think I have a rate on the website as soonish, and like I th I think I remember thinking about this movie at the time. fights. Movie <laughs> really soonish. Soonish. Why? No, I think I actually wanted to put ASAP, but I'm like, what? well, this is the type of movie that is not for everyone. It's definitely not, and it is hard to rate these kinds of movies because mm -hmm. 
yeah, it's definitely not very accessible for the general population. You it's see not why something it's you would very see. Divisive. Yeah, it's not something you would ever see in a movie theater. Like, they don't sell tickets to this kind of movie, you know? Yeah. So I'm of the belief that it's a masterpiece. But there's mm. plenty of other people out there be like, either it's garbage or trash, or maybe someone like you. It's like, well, there's something there, but you know, he just didn't. Yeah. He didn't well, connect. Oh, I forgot to fully even, with the ball. Yeah. Well, I didn't even mention the three beggars. Like they're they're clearly thematic elements in there, but the three beggars is apparently some Serbian folk tale. I'm not familiar with that. Mm-hmm. I read about it on Wikipedia. Still don't really know what's going on. Still not sure that it really means anything. I mean, I saw online there's a lot there are a lot of people trying to analyze this movie, but I think any analysis that they come up with is more their projection onto the movie than something that was actually built into the movie by the writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that's, I mean, that's my that's my justification for calling it a last resort is just I, I couldn't put it together in a way that mm-hmm. really meant anything. Although it did, it did seem to interest you in his other films. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I was curious and intrigued about, you know, the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. And since he directed your crush Bjork in a film, now you're like, oh, well, I got to yeah. see that now. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea that was him that made that. That's the one I've seen. Yeah, he's seen Dancer in the Dark. Mm. Talk about art house movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see with the two of them, Bjork and him getting together, it could be pretty... Uh, artsy all right uh the last movie i'm going to talk about is also a movie from 2018 it's called bad times at the el royale directed by drew goddard who you might remember directed uh, cabin in the woods hmm. this stars jeff bridges cynthia arrivo dakota johnson john ham chris hemsworth kaylee spaney Lewis Pullman, Nick Offerman, hmm. Xavier Dolan, Shay Wingham, uh, Mark O'Brien. The storyline is circa 1969, several strangers, most with a secret to bury, meet by chance at Lake Tahoe's El Royale, a rundown hotel with a dark past. Over the course of one night, everyone will show their true colors. Before everything goes to hell. Oh my. Dun, dun, dun. Not literally. They don't they don't go to hell. Spoilers. <laughs> this is an e- event horizon kind of thing. <laughs> so spoilers for Event Horizon. <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> that reminds me, I think Jason Goes to Hell is on Netflix now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there you go. To watch that. Oh, that movie is oh. <laughs> Jason X is pretty good though. I think that was pretty also, I think both of them are on uh, Netflix now. Yeah, you don't have to watch Jason Goes to Hell before Jason X, but you should. I'd it's rather like, watch them in order. You got to knock them out. You got to knock them all out, anyways. Yeah, I so. would rather watch them in order. Anyways, back to bad times at the El Royale. That's redundant, isn't it? What the El Royale? But what did I say? No, he said oh. bad times at the El Royale, and I said, yeah. isn't that redundant? It is. Shouldn't it be but the Royale, or El Royale is the name of the hotel. Shouldn't so. it be bad times at El Royale? It should be, shouldn't it? <laughs> well, that's not what's listed here. You better call him up. That's like saying I'm going, to, I'm going to get some cash out of the ATM machine. That's redundant, too. I so, get it. M stands for machine. You have to say machine again. Uh, so this film I've seen on some people's year end, you know, like top 10 lists. Uh, so I was pretty excited going into it. Uh, I wouldn't say disappointed, but uh, it's two hours and 21 minutes. And I think it's just a little long for, I guess, everything that's packed into this movie. Performances are pretty terrific all around. It's a great cast. You know, those movies are always a lot of fun to me. I, I like those, you know, the everyone has a dark secret and they're hiding from their past. And there's a, there's a storm and like a big thunderstorm and everyone's kind of trapped at this hotel. And like a murder mystery sort of. Yeah. Uh, a dinner. 
Yep. Yeah. Like, uh, you ever seen Identity? Yep. Nope. With, with no spoilers, you know, that everyone's... The storm's so bad, everyone's trapped at that hotel. And similar to this, and those people also have... At least some of them have dark pass. You ever seen The Hateful Eight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Kind of like that, but that's a snowstorm. <laughs> yeah, it's a snowstorm. It's a winter storm. A lot of people have secrets in there, although not everyone. This one, literally everyone has secrets. That's true. Some of them know each other's secrets. Well, some of them come and, in uh, like, hey, I'm a bounty hunter and I'm bringing this bitch in to hang because <laughs> she is worth $10,000. So that's my story. <laughs> Everyone's like, all right. <laughs> Let me pull out Lincoln's letter. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a secret. I got to say, the the trailers for Bad Times at El Royale looked pretty interesting. Made, yeah. Made it look pretty interesting. I do. I like this aesthetic as well. 69. You do a pretty good job of the aesthetic. The summer of 69. Yeah, we got another movie set in 69 coming out in july with once upon a time in hollywood the summer of 69 that song is about the sex act he was like 12 in 1969 but he bought his guitar at the five and dime in the summer he lived he lived in canada though (laughs) (laughs) canada probably had five and dimes into the 90s (laughs) but he played until his fingers bled in the summer of 69 that's why he was doing so much 69 He couldn't use his fingers. <laughs> um, back to El Royale. Yeah, I think on the whole it is is still a good movie and it's worth your time. Uh, I will give it an eventually. Eventually. Yeah, just uh, another movie that didn't quite live up to, I guess, my expectations. But maybe, you know, half the battle of liking a movie is pretty much how it relates to your expectations. So I should have started yeah. going into every movie like, this is going to suck. That's how or, I wanted. <laughs> that's, that's not how, what I was. I, the one movie I remember the, relating that to is Fat Albert. I went in thinking this is going to be the worst movie I've ever seen, and it was better than that. <laughs> <laughs> and it made it so much more enjoyable. Mm. Yeah, I, I do have trouble with that though because like films by Tarantino or Nolan right. or Refn, people like that. Why well, I'm going to have high expectations. Yeah. Like Hateful Eight was, I think, my least favorite of Tarantino's movies, but I still what? liked it a hell of a lot. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know if I'd say it's my worst, my least favorite. And Glorious Bastards is is the one for me. Is your least favorite? Well, it's the one Tarantino movie that I went in and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And then it was not what I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck is this? See, I but went that in. first scene of that movie is like the best Tarantino scene ever. Well, outside of true romance. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. At least or Tarantino Reservoir. written scene. Or, or Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> um, I do, like in Glorious Bastards, I went in that having very high expectations and he met those expectations. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think I... He seemed for, to always meet him for me, but Hateful for, Eight, I was like, eh. I think really for awesome, some reason I thought Inglorious Bastards was going to be more of an action movie, and yeah. it's not at all. Yeah. And i like. It's better than kept, an action movie. I kept yeah. waiting for it to pick up, and it, it just it didn't. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's so many amazing scenes. The tension. Like, you don't need action when you got so much mm-hmm. tension between all the characters in the room. Like, I told you, I, I didn't. It wasn't what I expected. It wasn't Kill Bill. Don't aren't you aren't you like not a huge fan of the Kill Bills? Yeah, but I'm not huge in the kung fu stuff no. either, so But you like Kill Bill, you know, the first one has quite a bit of action in it, while the second one has, you know, very little because it's like a western right. more, more than the first one. But yeah, not, he doesn't I'm really not do huge on action. westerns either. But yeah. Django I loved. Yeah. I guess there is well, I mean it's pretty long, but there's a I guess a decent amount of action, at least for a Western. Yeah. But still not a lot. <laughs> still I, a lot of talking. I really should uh, rewatch Kill Bill and Glorious Bastards, though. Yeah. Um, Bastards is my favorite of his. Interesting. Probably in my top five films of all time. Favorite. Walt like did an amazing job. I think he really. And Fast Better. 
That's where I fell in love with yeah. Michael Fassbender. Yeah. Did you? I did. Send him letters every other week. <laughs> Yet to respond, Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Valentine's Day is coming up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's uh, All right. your last film you're going to talk about here, Brett? Uh, my last film is from 1983, and it's called Brainstorm. Directed by Douglas Trumbull, starring... (laughs) I'm sorry, I just imagined everybody in a room, and they're trying to think of the title of this movie. Okay, okay, everybody, (laughs) we need a title. Like a Ready Brainstorm. (laughs) (laughs) Need a script doctor? Oh, my. Starring Christopher Walken. Who's who's Christopher Walken? I never heard of that guy. I, pr- I pronounce the L. <laughs> uh, Natalie Wood, who uh, it was her last movie because she died towards the end of uh, filming. She was killed by the first guy you mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, <laughs> uh, uh, it was most likely he just saw it and looked the other way. It's like that Phil Collins song. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Louise Fletcher, uh, Cliff Robertson, uh, Jordan Christopher, Donald Houghton, Alan Fudge, Joe Dorsey. Ooh, Jason Lively was in there. I didn't even recognize him. He's uh, Night of the Creeps, I believe. Yep. European Vacation, Rusty. Mm hmm. Uh, let's see, synopsis. Researchers develop a system where they can jump into people's minds. But when people involved bring their personal problems into the equation, it becomes dangerous. Perhaps deadly. So, uh, it's kind of like virtual reality. It's like a really early version of virtual reality. Except for it's like, it connects to your brain waves and then gives you all the sensations. So, like, you're living vicariously through mm-hmm. these pre-recorded or um, at some point they become more of a live type of, uh, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. So, you're, like, observing somebody else's life through their eyes, basically? Pretty much. And their, like, emotions and, they, and stuff? Yeah, and then you, you can taste what they taste, smell what they smell, feel mm-hmm. what they feel. Being John Malkovich without John Malkovich. Pretty much, Yeah. <laughs> Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's a science experiment and then, uh, the company that's funding it wants to turn it, a profit on it. So they want to turn it into a recreational thing. Uh, and then of course, at some point the government gets involved and they want Damn to government always getting involved they want to weaponize it. <laughs> um, and the first thing I thought when watching it was when are they going to do the VR porn? And it's about 40 minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, the, yeah, the funny thing about that is uh, it doesn't turn out well. Uh, but, I don't know, it's an interesting concept. It was around that time there was a whole bunch of movies similar to this, like Dreamscape and uh, shit, what else was around that at that time? But there was probably like three or four movies that came out in the early 80s that were kind of similar where you go into other people's minds and you experience their their thoughts and feelings and things like that the one cool thing that i liked about how they they filmed the movie was like the just the regular shots were i don't know if it was a standard 16 by 9 or maybe even a little like shorter Mm -hmm. um and then the the scenes when they were in the system were like the POV shots were like ultra widescreen and it was like a wide angle lens. So it actually looked like like VR. Hmm. Um, and I thought that was well done. It was a little, a little weird watching on TV because the regular shots were double letter boxed and then the ultra widescreens was, you know, filled the rest of the screen. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit different. Um, the story's interesting, but it's, you know, not great. So I, w- I would give it a last resort. It's a last resort. For All a right. brainstorm. Jason, what's your last film of the day? Last one is called 
Nymphomaniac, Volume 1 and 2, from 2013. This is another one by Lars von Trier, written and directed. Uh, We've got an all-star cast, a lot of people. Let's see. Gotta flip through both of them, because they're different people in each volume. So Charlotte Gainsbourg and Stellan Skarsgård, kind of the main people. Stacy Martin plays a young Charlotte Gainsbourg. We also got Shia LaBeouf, Christian Slater, Uma Thurman, Sophie Kennedy Clark, Connie Nielsen, uh, a lot of other people. Uh, in volume two, we have most of those same people, plus Jamie Bell, Willem Dafoe, Mia Goth, and Udo Kier. Is that how you pronounce his name? I believe so. That's Ronald Camp, the billionaire from Ace Ventura. Yeah, I was surprised <laughs> to see his face. Um, so I guess I'll start with the synopsis for Volume 1. A self-diagnosed nymphomaniac recounts her erotic experiences to the man who saved her after a beating. And Volume 2 continues that story. The continuation of Joe's sexually dictated life delves into the darker aspects of her adulthood, obsessions, and what led her, what led to her being in Seligman's care. So, nymphomaniac, you might be able to tell from the title and the synopsis that there is a lot of sex in this movie. And uh, it is unrated. Was that? It is unrated. Yes. And uh, that's what you, I thought. Bird Box was gonna be. <laughs> Thought it was going to be British. <laughs> Box full of dongs. British pornography. Because yeah. bird is slang for woman, and box oh. is slang for vagina. I, I got it. I was with you. I thought you were thinking bird was slang for the male member. No, that's cock. <laughs> different, different kind of bird. Um. And also, since it's Lars von Trier, the sex is very, uh, he doesn't shy away from it. It's, I mean, there are parts of this movie, large parts of this movie, that are basically hardcore porn, you could say. Yeah. Um, so, of course, it's awesome. <laughs> no, that's not why it's awesome. But I did like it a lot more than Antichrist. Um, Too much I, story. i felt like this one was much more cohesive um i mean there's there's a beginning a middle and an end it's it's logical more or less it feels like it has a lot more to say and it feels like there's a lot more intent in saying certain things in the movie yeah it explores a lot of a lot of themes that are pretty relevant in today's world too, I guess. I mean, female sexuality, well, male sexuality, sexuality in general, um, you know, relations between the sexes, um, sexual assault. Uh, I mean, a lot. Basically, any any sexual topic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially the darker sides of sexuality, I guess you could say. And yeah, I guess. Oh, that's kind of mostly what I wanted to say is that it just felt like there was a lot more there than an Antichrist. It was uh, interesting. It gives you a lot to think about. If you watch this with somebody else, make sure they're open-minded. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you might be able to have some good conversations about all the stuff that's brought up, especially the ending. Interesting way to end the movie. Um, a lot of great performances. I was... Surprised to see Shia LaBeouf in this role. Um, But he did a great job. I think everybody did a great job. Yeah, for the... It's kind of interesting that the hardcore sex scenes where they actually show, you know, in and out action. Mm -hmm. Von Trier used porn actors for those scenes, but then he superimposed kind of the main actors on top of them. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty seamless, like, I don't know, there, there's, when you first see Shia LaBeouf, like, he kind of whips out his dick, and that might be his dick, but when he's having sex, I'm like, well, 
When I was first watching, I was like, is Chad LaBeouf having sex? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they they superimposed that. That technology was uh, mastered in the movie Little Man by the Wayans (laughs) Brothers. Okay. (laughs) Well, I have not seen it, so I don't know much of the reference. Well, there's a little man. (laughs) Yeah. It's a child. So they cast a child, and then they superimpose Marlon's head over his head. And then Marlon does all the dialogue. Mm. And they didn't tell the kid that he wasn't going to be, like, his face wasn't going to be in the movie Mm. while they were filming it. So he found out at the premiere, he was crushed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I assume assume they used similar. Yeah, it looks a little more seamless in this one versus... Kind of the unnatural. Well, I mean, you I remember haven't trailer. seen Little Man. Well, I've seen trailers. At the I, time, I remember it, when the movie came out. At the time, it looked better. Nowadays, yeah. it's a little more noticeable. But hmm. you guys heard of deep fakes? <laughs> no, it sounds something, <laughs> like something dirty though. It is. No, this is just something I heard about recently. I don't remember where, but uh, so you know, back in the day, they would like Photoshop actresses faces onto porn you know and now we have the technology to do that like for video yeah so apparently people have been making a bunch of videos of like you know a-list actresses in porn basically but then it was banned somewhere somehow i don't know apparently it's Unacceptable. You sound on, like you've online. looked into this. <laughs> what? <laughs> sound like what? Like you've looked into this. Oh. They should do like that one uh, Bruce Lee movie that they made five years after he died, where they just have another actor and then they <laughs> paste a photo of Bruce Lee's face <laughs> on the mirror. <laughs> He's talking in the mirror. <laughs> so let me guess. You went there and you looked up Phoebe Cates and Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> no. I haven't had the time to look into it yet, but. Uh, sure. Sure. Mm. I just heard about this then recently. You're, then you're confused why remember, it's granny porn. Because they're <laughs> both in their you know, 50s. You might have been. I was reading an article about like. Uh, <laughs> what is that? What's that website that recently banned porn or explicit images? Tumblr? Mm, yeah. Tumblr banned Tumblr. that kind of stuff. And uh, I think that was an article that said something about this deep fake thing. Apparently that's banned like all over the internet. I don't know. Anyway, back to Nymphomaniac. Uh, I enjoyed it. If you're, I mean, it takes a certain kind of person again to, to really want to watch Lars von Trier's movies, I guess. But, uh, you know, if you're open to something with a lot of sex that is unusual, explores topics that most movies would not want to, uh, it's worth watching. I'm going to give it an... Uh, man, I didn't even think about this, really. And again, it's really hard to rate because it really takes a certain kind of person. But if you're that kind of person, if you're into artsy film kind of stuff, I'll give it a soonish. Soonish. I believe that's what I gave it. But, yeah. Good stuff. So, I think that'll do it for today. Going forward, we're going to cook up a bunch of episodes on movies from our childhood that we watched all the time. So, there are probably going to be some terrible movies, but ones that we still love to watch to this day, probably. Yep. Like Surf Ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Or Nostalgia. And then it's even better if, like, like you haven't seen Surf Ninjas... So if you... Well, I might have, but it's not since it was mm-hmm. around the time it came out. So if you watch it and you hate it, you can get on the episode and be like, you two are fucking morons. <laughs> <laughs> Allow us to poke fun at each other a little more. Critique our movie viewing habits as a young kid. Yeah. Well, have you ever looked up like a TV show that you watched as a kid? Oh, sure. I remember this one with a... Uh, Oh, what's... Zelman King's Red Shoe Diaries? What? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear that. It was a a softcore porn series on Showtime (laughs) when I was a kid. 
Red Shoe Diaries. Never heard of Red Shoe Diaries? Oh, no. no. I didn't hear what you said. Zalman King. That was the creator. <laughs> Zalman King's Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> it was like National Lampoon Presents, but it was Zalman King. <laughs> What's the guy's name? Well, there's this one show that I looked up. <laughs> <laughs> it does that old up. <laughs> Anyways, are you going to tell your story yeah. or are you going to tell your story? I don't know. Feels like you ruined it now. No. Uh, young Ryan Gosling was in this show about like a high school on a cruise ship. Does that ring a bell? Anyway, I liked it a lot as a kid, but I looked it up like a couple of years ago and it was terrible. Like, how did I watch this? Was it Canadian? I don't think so. Was he, is he not Canadian? I don't know. Is not he? Sure. You know who's Canadian and was on a TV show in a, about a high school? Drake. <laughs> 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 that he was. I never watched it, but apparently his character got shot and he was in a wheelchair. Was he on Degrassi or the Degrassi, like the reboot or whatever? Uh, Degrassi, the new class. Or I think something. he might have been on the new class. I didn't know there's. I assume there's a difference, but I didn't. Yeah. I never watched any of it, so. It was like Saved by the Bell, and then Saved by the Bell, wasn't that one called The New Class? Yeah. And then the next generation, and then like Screech is still there? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he work at the school or something? Something like that, or he was just stalker or something. <laughs> <laughs> he was like assistant to the principal. Yeah. I don't know, but he's like in his 20s, his late 20s, still working at the school, hmm. hanging out with the high schoolers. All right. Well, like we said, be looking out for some movies we enjoyed in our childhood. We watched all the time, probably from the early 90s. Uh, other than that, you can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis__movie. Please rate and review, subscribe on iTunes and or Stitcher. And uh, you can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. We will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you're off my case.